what's going on right now? I'm not a big Star Wars guy, but I like this that you came out with. Yeah! Maybe the fourth be with you. Yeah! I love Star Wars, Brent. Do you really? Yes. Big Star Wars guy. Yes. I was gonna, that's, that's interesting. I'm glad you brought this to the table because I was going to ask, with Davoli's House of Cards, where we're at right now, how's the Star Wars collection? Is there one? There are Star Wars cards. Right? I don't know that's, if they have them. I mean, is, is it a big thing? Well, there's like, so... Mark Tavoli's saying, yes, it is. Yeah, it's a big thing. But they just came out. Isn't there like a new one card in case? Yeah. Yeah. So I would think on a day like today, though, like, people are asking about Star Wars stuff in general. Yeah. May the fourth be with you, Brent. How you like them apples? You I didn't see that one coming, did you? I didn't. I, was, I, I knew what it was, though, so I kind of am happy with myself out of that. Um... Yeah, that's Welcome what I bring to the a table. Wednesday edition of Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. Brent Martin, Casey Kurtz are uh, both on the road. Now, listen, if the show goes crashing down, we can't do anything about it. We cannot. Casey's doing the show remotely. This laptop right here, if you're watching the stream, is running at the whole entire ESPN 690. If you know our show, we sometimes produce the show with you listening. Yes. Right? We have production meetings and say, let's try this down the road. We want to bring you into the fold. Well, today, Casey's trying this. We, we have the ability through the laptop to do the show remotely. We do. And so we're taking advantage of the technology and really trying it. We have no idea what the end game is going to be. But we've made it so far, knock on wood. The only thing that we can't do here, and so Stephen, South Beach, Gary, others. Yeah, sorry about that, guys. We won't be able to entertain your phone calls today. Yeah. Um, so just today, we're trying this out, and I would think most of the days you'll be able to give us a call. But, yeah. Uh, just trying this today, and, and we can't get to your phone call. So if you try, the phone will just keep ringing. And ringing. And it doesn't stop, by the way. The phone will never stop unless you yeah, hang up. it's not going so. to a voicemail. If you just want to hang on until... Star Star 690, I think, if that's things. That's cool. still a thing. If you just want to hang on until tomorrow and just keep calling until tomorrow, <laughs> yeah, I'll pick it up around this time tomorrow. tomorrow. That's right. We just had the Dream 18 show. Josh Scobie was our guest. Uh, so you can go back and listen to that anytime. Uh, we'll have the podcast dropping uh, with some extended conversation with Josh in the golf world uh, coming up uh, this weekend. So the Dream 18 show uh, sponsored by Florida Georgia Windows and Doors and Power Tee. Uh, just finished episode four. We do that each and every Wednesday at 2 o'clock. No Jumbo Shrimp game later tonight. Back-to-back -to -back day games with the Jumbo Shrimp. Yeah, shout-out to the, the good people in Memphis of the Redbirds. Uh, six games this series for the Shrimp and the Birds. Not one game will start at the same time as any other game. That's got a 1205, a 105, 7.35, 8.05, and then it's like 2.05 and something else. Yeah, it's, Is that part of their promotion? No, it's very strange. Um, talking to Matt Davis yesterday during the broadcast, uh, even the people that work in Memphis are confused. So nobody's really sure what's going on in Memphis, but uh, I would assume the Memphis Redbirds don't use their turn signals because they never want you to know their next move, Brent. <laughs> Very good. That's very good. Uh, just tell them if they uh, hesitate, don't go. That's your thing. Right. If it's a yellow light and you hesitate, don't go. Um, or just don't go anyway. Hopefully you'll be stopping and slowing to a halt. Hey. If you're stealing a base, if you hesitate, don't go. Yeah, that is a good call. Uh, Brent Martin, Casey Kurtz. How do we feel about the Broncos and Jags in London? Uh, everybody hates this time of year. Not everybody, but a lot of people hate this time of year. The diehards really hate this time of year. But it's, it's a fact of life with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Like, you can complain all you want. It's not changing. It doesn't appear to be changing. 
it's going to happen each and every year, unless there's a pandemic when it didn't happen. Mm -hmm. And thankfully, that was the year they were supposed to play two there. So <laughs> that That's was the good timing for the pandemic. But it takes Russell Wilson and the Denver Broncos away from Jacksonville. Uh, this was not surprising to me, his worst-kept secret, going that Denver was going to be the game. Oh, you knew? Uh, and, I mean, do you think, are you, like, bummed by that? Denver, first of all, now the fact they have Russell Wilson and Denver not coming to Jacksonville. Yeah, it, it stinks, right? I mean, you know, take Tennessee, take Houston, take one of those games that we see, take Indianapolis. But, yeah, I mean, I think Russell Wilson's obviously a draw. Pretty, I'm pretty sure last time uh, Russell Wilson came to Jacksonville, things went well for the Jags, right? Wasn't uh, that the last time? That would have been, yeah, the Blake Bortles game in December where he played terrific. He actually outplayed Russell Wilson. Yeah. So I think I think it's unfortunate, and, you know, it's something that you want to see. I think as a fan, it's one of the premier quarterbacks coming in. Um, it's it's a bit disappointing, but I guess it is what it is. Uh, but I, I wish it wasn't Denver, if I'm being honest with you. Well, who do you want it to be outside of the division, though? Because here's the deal. They weren't going to most likely do the division. Uh, they've done it before. I think Colts, I think uh, maybe Houston is, has Houston been over there. Maybe Houston hasn't been over there. But they've done it with the Colts. I don't think they were going to go the divisional game. They wanted to. They want to get some other team out there, mm -hmm. rather than the Tennessees, the Houston's, the Indianapolis's. And so, like this was not a surprise in terms of how the NFL went about it. The Jags. By the way, this game's different this year. The NFL is not running this game for the Jag for in in London. The Jags are running this game. Like this used to be an NFL entity in London at Wembley Stadium. Like. The Jags are doing it. They're bringing their whole crew over. They've, they've been building towards this. They Their game day operations are going. Used to be like a couple of people would go. Well, their their whole thing is going. This is like a home game for the Jags, and, and all their personnel will be over there in London, which also goes to show you how much money they make in London on this game. Tell you what. Uh, to be able to spend the resources to do it. But the Denver Broncos, I mean, who else could you have gone? The Raiders are coming. Uh, to Jacksonville this year. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys certainly going to want to take that yeah. game like they did prior. Uh, the Giants are going to be here. The Giants were, were Jones. an interesting one, but no way. Like, it's way better the Giants are playing in Jacksonville than Denver. From a fan base perspective, you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. From a, Well, first of all, from a Jacksonville ticket perspective. Or a travel. Yeah. But I think even as, as a transient of a market as this is, uh, which it is, you have a lot of people. I mean, heck, I think the story in Nocatee is that 80% of the people living in Nocatee are from outside the state of Florida. How about that? I think that's the story. It's 80%. So how many of those are New York Giants fans? At least one, for sure. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, how many are Denver Broncos fans? Yeah. I uh, mean, maybe none. Maybe none. So yeah. I, I get it. Like, I get that's why the game and, – and it's still a pretty good marquee game for the London fans, and that's what they would like to do. But this is way better than taking, I think, the Giants game, the Dallas game, even the Raiders game. Well, that would have been an interesting one. Um, then the, the flight's even longer for them, right? Don't they try to avoid that when they can? The they, West Coast yeah, going but, another four? Yeah, but they, they really haven't done much with that lately because they're trying to get teams over there. And, and other teams are trying to get over there, too. But I feel like, to your point, like I understand what you're saying with the Giants and the fan base here, but isn't part of that the draw? Sending one of the marquee franchises in the sport over there, the Giants or even the Raiders potentially. Those are big fan base teams. Yeah, I you think you could have done it. You could have. I think the argument could be made as well. That's okay. just what I'm saying. But, well, yeah, I hear you. I would say this though, like as a fan, I'm a season ticket holder for Jacksonville. 
Like, Russell Wilson's cool, and Russell Wilson's been great, but we did see Russell Wilson here. Um, I want to see the Dallas Cowboys here. I want to see – I think I do want to see the Giants here and what that atmosphere like is like. They, they were here – I think the Giants, the Jags beat them like 28-25. Remember, that was a big comeback. It was a Bortles comeback. Uh, maybe it was in like 2000 well, – or would have been 2014, I guess. Yeah. Um, a lot of one of the biggest, I think it was one of the biggest comebacks in Jags history the last time the Giants came here. Uh, but, like, I don't know. Like, do I need to see Russell Wilson? Jags just played out there last year not against Russell Wilson. Do I need to see the Denver? Like, the Denver Broncos don't do much for me as a fan of the Jags. Like, that home game been like, okay. I wouldn't have been like, wow, I can't wait to go to the Broncos game. Really? Yeah, I don't think so. Even more than the Giants? Like, if you didn't love Daniel Jones, would you be feeling this way? Like, uh, I understand. I'd rather first... see Saquon Barkley in person than Russell Wilson. Well, probably not going to see him either, unfortunately. <laughs> um... But I, I I don't know. Like, I just think from at least a fa- my perspective, obviously you have a different one, but it's the, we're coming from the same point, a fan perspective. I would rather see a Russell Wilson-led team than a Daniel Jones-led team. That's just the way I look at it. Even maybe a Derek Carr-led team. I do want to see Devontae Adams. I understand that. But I think Russell Wilson is one of the marquee players in the sport. I'd like to at least see him here. But if I'm the only one that's mad about it, then... I, Wait, you're probably it. not. I don't know. I actually don't know the temperature today in town on that news of Denver. Like, I don't I don't have a good feel. I think people still get a little bit annoyed that they go to London. And, and again, I think they get it now because they can get mad about it. It's not changing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then I think you wonder wonder who it is. Like, with, with Doug Peterson, with Trevor Lawrence, I actually do think there's – like, I would hate to lose the Indianapolis game to London this time. Because now I think everybody well, wants to be at the some, Indianapolis yeah. game, right? They yeah. want to be like, we're going to beat you again. And you're going to get to see Matt Ryan. And, you know, Tennessee still, you want that home field advantage in Jackson. Like, people want to beat Tennessee more than anybody else on the schedule. I hear you. Now, Houston, is, I think, is a here nor there game. Is that like you can't send Houston and the Jags to London? Like, is there part of that? Like, you can't send two of the first three picks? To play each other? I think there's a little bit of that. Yeah. Yeah, I think you still want to be able to sell something over there from a marquee standpoint. That's and why Russell they Wilson went, does it. That's why so they does Trevor Lawrence. Crazier in, in the early times where it's like the Dallas Cowboys in San Francisco. It's like, whoa, you know, they're taking a small market team and a big market like team right. and a very well traditional team, known team. Uh, but it was like too much. And fans were like, what do you mean? Now I haven't seen Dallas play. Right. I mean, really, what would the last time anybody's seen Dallas play would be? 16 years ago. Yeah. In Jacksonville. I was like six. Because yeah. of that. So it's cool that they are going to play here. I, I for my money, let's just say Saquon Barkley is playing. Okay. Like, I've seen Russell Wilson. Now, listen, I'm, this is maybe me because I've been on the road and seen Russell Wilson. I've also been here and seen Russell Wilson. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen Russ, uh, Saquon Barkley in person. I think it would be kind of cool to see Saquon Barkley. Yeah. And, and you might feel like you have a better chance to see a win in Jacksonville, too. Now, you can, yeah, you probably can beat the Giants, right? So do, I do hear what you're saying. I mean, in theory, the Giants yeah, yeah. are an easier team to beat than the Broncos, we assume. I think so. Yeah. So, no, I, I do hear what you're saying there. Um, yeah, Saquon Barkley's a draw, obviously, uh, from, not from originally, but has connections to the Orlando area. So if he is playing, that'll uh, bring a good crowd probably from Orlando. So, yeah, I do hear what you're saying. Um, let me ask you this. Where am I watching the game? Because I saw that going around on Twitter today. Yeah. I don't want to have to pay six bucks. No, you're you know? not going to have to. It's so it's an it's um it's an ESPN Plus game, which I, we're going to get into the streaming world, right? With Thursday night. Yeah. And Amazon 
and now ESPN Plus for this kind of game. But locally, somebody will buy it. Um, CBS 47 and Fox 30, we have bid on these games a lot over the years and, and won the bid. It's a, it's a bidding war, so it just depends. Like, uh, the other two stations in town will also bid if they want to, and uh, and then somebody will show the game. So See, the game will be on local television. I guarantee it will be on local television. You're not going to have to go to ESPN Plus in Jacksonville to watch the game. So I guess I didn't realize that before. Like, you've always had to – the London games don't always come to – CBS and Fox, like the other games do. Uh, well, that's it's new because NFL Network recently has done the London yeah, games, yeah, yeah. and now we're seeing the streaming services do the London games. Oh, and so it's all different. so. But back like the first four or five London games, they were on like CBS and Fox, and and they were on the traditional network. I gotcha. But now that they've branched out, this works the same way with like Monday Night Football and even Thursday Night Football with Amazon. Mm -hmm. Like I believe this is still the case. We, as local stations in the market, will have the opportunity to bid on those games to show locally. Okay. Now, if you go up to Charlotte, you're going to have to watch the game on Amazon yeah. or on ESPN Plus in this instance. But if you're in Jacksonville or Denver, you can see the game on your traditional stations, which one is still to be determined. Yeah, I mean, that is, that is sort of cool with the ESPN Plus part of it because the NFL is the sport where you, you see what's on in your market, and unless you have Sunday ticket, you're not seeing anything else. So that's how the NFL's kind of works. So the idea, if you have ESPN Plus and you want to watch the Jags and the Broncos out of market, I like the idea that you don't have to go some crazy app or website that we can't really talk about. Um, but you can just see it on ESPN Plus. It's only going to cost $6, you know. Don't don't love that part of it. But I like the idea that there is a way to do it if you don't have Sunday Ticket or um, a private web browser. Um, I asked how people feel about the London game and Wembley against Denver and uh – well, that stat boy responded with a, a an old Mark Long tweet from 2017 that I can't read, but it was a crap. so he doesn't like it. I don't think he likes it. Um, <laughs> That's so two. That's two yeah. for our team. Oh, by the way, he's, uh, well, I don't think he, he he doesn't like anybody probably being over there. And there's a big part of the fan. Like, have we grown accustomed to the Jags playing a game over there? Like, are we ever going to be okay with the Jags as like a as a fan base? Like with the Jags playing a game in London because it fits the model better, it grows the brand better, the footprint, all that stuff, the stuff that they say, which is true that they're trying to accomplish, but in the meantime, it takes a game away from you uh, here in Jacksonville. Uh, are, are we ever going to be okay with it? Okay, probably not, because at the end of the day, you are losing a game, but I think, at least from my perspective, like I'm used to it. I, I'm numb to it, I guess, is a better word for it, but I do... In a weird way, I, I don't live in the U.K., I don't live in London, um, obviously, because we're right here at DeVolley's House of Cards, but I like the idea that the Jags become that team that people know about, and that's why we have a lot of people to listen to the show, obviously, from over there. So not only does it help the Jags grow that international fan base, but it helps us, so that's cool. But I, I don't know. I'm numb to it. You know, it is what it is. We'll move on from it, and we're used to it. But in a weird way, I kind of like it. Like, in a weird way. Do you want to go see it? Because you obviously haven't. Would you like to go? I ha I do. I, I When this first became a thing, I would say no, absolutely not. But I think I've kind of grown on the idea um, of what it is. And, yeah, I think I think I would like to go at some point. Uh, I'm talking so highly about the Broncos, maybe I'll just go this year. But um, I, I think I would like to see it, as it turns out, just the atmosphere and see how different it really is from 
a game day down in Jacksonville. I think it's like anything. It's like the NFL draft. It's a little bit like the Super Bowl. It has that feel in London where it's like all these different jerseys. Yes, there's more Jags footprint than ever, but uh, it's a it's a cool thing. Like I, I'll tell you, like I enjoy the trip to London. I haven't been down the last couple of years. It'll be Florida Georgia week, so I probably won't go this year either. Stuart Weber will probably be that guy. Uh, but worldwide Weber. Yeah, there there's, you know. It's a it's a neat atmosphere. I, I didn't think I would enjoy going to see a game in London as much as I did, but I've enjoyed the experience and not like, oh, man, that was a long flight, that was a long week, that was a long whatever, I don't need to go again. I kind of like going when I do go. Like it, it's, And I know a lot of people have been over and tried it out, and it gives you kind of – everybody loves a different road trip. Yeah. See, that's what's interesting. It's like people like the different road trips, if it was Green Bay or if it was L.A., if it was Vegas. Like You like trying to go as a fan to different road trips. This isn't supposed to be a road trip technically on the schedule, right? so people don't like that idea. But I do think people like to view it as a road trip and say, hey, you know what, let's go overseas for a bit, and maybe we'll couple it with a trip to, I don't know, Paris or Scotland to play golf or whatever it might be. There you go. So it gives you some options. Um, I, I do think there's a part of the fan base, and understandably, that will always say, I don't get it. Uh, there will also be people that will say it puts this team at a, a disadvantage. And if you're trying to get an advantage, why would you play the game? Because there's a long layoff between home games. There, sure. There's going yeah, yeah, to yeah. be with the buy mixed in and everything else. There's usually a – you might play – what happens in this instance, you might play like one home game in like a 35-day span. Yeah. You know, and that's – that, unfortunate. That's – not an advantage, right? No, no. Uh, and I really don't believe the Jags have an advantage playing in London. Agreed. Because more and more teams have done it. There's more data on it. There's more science on it. Like, people, it's not like this, whoa, like the Jags are used to it. And, and by the way, the Jags have like 30 new guys over the last couple of years. Yes. And there's 53. Like, so how used to it are they? Do you, you think it helps having a coach in Peterson that has done it? Like, obviously, Urban found a way to win. In London, yeah. so I guess it doesn't really matter. But Peterson, we'll hear from him a little bit later. He's on Good Morning Football this morning talking about it a little bit. But he's used to it, and he won a game over there against the Jags, ironically. You think it helps? Yeah, I think it I think it helps it doesn't him hurt. feel good about yeah. it. What really helps is the fact that the Jags have operational people in the building yeah. that have done this a lot. And sure. they have figured out. They will go on a Thursday night, fly over, get there Friday morning, play the game, do some events, get out of there and be back late Sunday night in Jacksonville or early Monday morning, whatever it is. And they used to try it all different ways, but they have found the way that works. And now they've, I think they've blueprinted it for the most part, and, and a lot of the NFL is doing it uh, as well. So uh, the Jags will play the Denver Broncos in London for the Georgia weekend. Uh, to be determined what channel locally will be on. Hopefully CBS 47 and Fox 30, uh, but it will be also on ESPN Plus. Just six dollars the country for six dollars. Plus they raise the price, of course. There we go. Uh, we'll be back. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. We're live from Devoli's House of Cards. Thought there was a really interesting article today. If you saw me retweet this on Trayvon Walker, um, what that had to say, what Doug Peterson did say on Good Morning Football, still to come on the show. Plus, uh, some really bad news in sports if you don't like one team. Uh, that's coming up on the show. And wow, John Morant is good. Holy cow, is he fun to watch. Uh, we'll get into a little bit of that along the way. We'll be back. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690.
obviously, you know, like you said, it's our it's our ninth trip over uh, over there to London, and uh, you know the Jaguars have been a been sort of a, a staple over there, and there's a lot of great fan base. You know, our ownership. Uh, really enjoys, you know, the London market, and and so we're 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 thrilled to get back over there, and obviously play Denver and and uh, Russell Wilson and the guys, and and um, you know just uh, being able to you know really kind of embrace these these uh, these trips, you know, and, and really that's Doug Peterson on Good Morning Football, uh, talking about the London game, and come on, if coaches had their they wouldn't want it. This coaches are like coaches are creatures of habit. That's true. They don't want to go here. They don't want to do it. But they also embrace it. I give Doug a lot of credit. Peterson has had. He's got a lot to deal with. Yeah. You know, I mean, Peterson's got a three-win football team coming off the Urban Meyer era. Clean up the building, gain trust back with the, the locker room, administration, get people excited to work. All those things. That's probably the easy part. Then. I mean, you got a football team that's been really bad the last two years. You got a rookie quarterback. You got to put some better things around and get him rolling, and and at least put him in a better spot to succeed. You've yeah. got a whole new coaching staff. You're trying to install your systems, um, and and on top of all that, every time you drive to the building, you've got all this construction to work around. That's so true. much so that you can't even practice on your own field. Now, listen, all this at the end of the day is going to be good, and and I love the way Doug's approach it. And I've asked him a lot about this just off the record. I've just talked to him about the camp and having a bus to Episcopal. And yep. I mean, there's just a lot on the plate of Doug Peterson right now. Yeah. And I will say this. Peterson's approach, maybe the fact that not everybody was calling Doug to be their next head coach this offseason. Yeah. His one year away from a perspective standpoint, his success and track record in the past, a little bit of his good guy nature and, and I would say somewhat laid-back personality, almost like of the Andy Reid mold, maybe not as much, but of that mode, right. mold. I think I think the Jags right now, you can make the case of like the perfect guy for all this stuff. I mean, London's the whatever and all the stuff I just mentioned, but all this stuff, there's a lot going on in Jacksonville. Yeah, yeah no, I agree. I think, and it even goes back to, in my opinion, that very first press conference. Because remember, Doug Peterson was getting introduced, but a lot of the questions that wanted to be asked were about why Trent Baalke still had a job. Yeah, true. And, you know, so from the get-go, Doug Peterson's been in an interesting spot. And don't, discre- don't discredit the part about downtown. I guarantee you he's gone the wrong way at least once. <laughs> but I think, to, to your point, I do think they have the perfect guy. He's like a pro's pro. He's a player's coach. We've heard that. Like, I think, I think they really do have a perfect guy to kind of weather everything that's happened. And maybe most importantly, and... Actually, I'll say probably most importantly is just getting Trevor Lawrence in a good spot. Well, that that is, right? That is absolutely the most important thing. What he does with Trevor, how he builds, you know, uh, grooms Trevor, how he helps him develop. Like, that is goal number one. And But I do think there's, again, that was a building, a Jags building that was starving for somebody to come in and show us a way. Right. Because it was a mess. And, and Shad Khan's words once again yesterday put another exclamation point on the mess. Uh-huh. And Peterson has a lot. It was, ultimately, it'll be win games. It'll be get Trevor in the right way. It's all that stuff. But I'm telling you, before he even gets there, before they even play a football game, at least a real one, he's got a lot on his plate. And, like, nobody buses to practices anymore in training camp. 
Nobody goes off site that much in right. practice in training camp. Everything's usually right there. It's convenient. That's the world we now go in. This isn't like, hey, when I was all in Albany, New York, the Giants would come up there and they'd stay in the dorms and it would be inconvenient. And they wanted that. Not anybody. Nobody wants that anymore. Right. Everybody wants the the comfort of home or the hotel and right there at the stadium. So, I mean, just even that. This camp, I think what his mentality has been, though, is he's embraced it. And it's almost like the Jazz are going to have, like, a throwback training camp where you do go on the road. Now, they're not going to stay at Episcopal, right? But they're going to cross that bridge every day. Yep. And he's looking at his team bonding. I mean, I don't know how much team bonding you can get in, like, seven minutes. Right. Yeah, it's yeah. a quick ride. True. But, like, I don't think it's going to be a big pain um, for this football team. I don't think it's going to be a big deterrent. What I'm just saying is it adds another layer of stuff that Doug Peterson kind of has to come in and – and at least acknowledge that's going on. And by this time next year, it'll be great because he gets to be the first coach probably, hopefully, in the new new digs. He better be, okay? I don't, I don't I mean, yes, he better be. But, yeah, I think I, – I don't know if this helps or plays in, but they do have a young team, right? So a lot of the guys that will be taking the bus rides were taking bus rides last year and two years ago. I don't know if that plays in, but it could be a – like you said, it's only seven minutes. But I think it'd be – it could be a very interesting seven minutes. Like if they had cameras in there – like, are they going, are they, you know, what are they doing on the bus? They just yeah. sit there with headphones on? Playing okay. cards. Fair. Yeah, what? I, I don't know. Like, does Shaq Griffin get up and go wild? You know what oh, I mean? Yeah, he goes live. Probably. Are they on IG? You know, like, I'm saying there's, it, it could be a really cool thing. And it, they might turn into, they might not. They might just sit there, but that's fine too. I think that's part of it. I think Doug has to turn it into a cool thing, right? This vibe. The one thing is all eyes and ears are open when it comes to Peterson because they, again, they're desperate. I think players are. I think people in the building have been. And, and, again, a lot of this stuff that I'm talking about right now, I think Doug's already done in the first two months. I mean, he's embraced working with Trent Baalke. He's, he's, he's probably already laid some of the foundation of turning that building inside out and being like, we're all on the same team here. You know, those kind of conversations, those right. addressing the employees, everything else. And so I, the vibe is already different. I mean, I, I went to lunch in, in Jags headquarters weeks ago. And, and you could sense the vibe was different. People, the way they were walking around, there were a lot more smiles on people's faces. It was, it was a tough time in that building last year now, and it wasn't just for the players and the coaches. So um, I think Doug really just – my point of this story is I think he's really the perfect guy because he's got a good temperament. Even though he comes in with a Super Bowl coach, I, as a Super Bowl coach with a Lombardi trophy, I don't feel Doug's ego that much. It's a good call. And – I think, listen, I think people have egos in that business. And I'm not saying he doesn't have an ego. I think egos are fine if they're managed well, but it's not like, look who I am. And, again, you're coming in off somebody who was definitely, look who I am in, right. in Urban. And so it's just, I think, the perfect timing, the perfect uh, placement for Doug Peterson. I really still don't understand why it took him so long. I think this was a no-brainer conversation for, for Shad to hire Doug uh, or a guy like Caldwell, but I think Doug was even a better choice um, back in, like, the first week of the coaching search. Right. And I think it's playing out that way. Now we just got to find, did they pick the right players? Did he have the right staff? Is there going to be good communication? Are they going to install the right scheme? Are they going to call the right plays? Like, all those things still have to be determined. But I think all the ancillary stuff, I think Doug Peterson really is a great fit for Jacksonville, given his background, his knowledge. I think he's hungry again mm -hmm. to show people. I think he's probably got a little chip on his own shoulder because more people didn't call it off from the job. And, right. You know, I, I think there's a lot of that stuff uh, that benefits the Jacksonville Jaguars. 
and and benefits um, maybe Doug Peterson in this situation. You know, it's interesting you talk about the bus rides and yeah. Uh, you know, I feel like now you come from college, and almost any NFL team is a, almost it's like a a downgrade. Oh, the yeah. facilities, I what the locker rooms are like, the amenities they have, the this, the that, the heck. At least in the NFL now, you got to go out and do stuff on your own. You got your handheld in college, like you go anywhere you want, from studying to how do I get here, how do I get there, what do I need? I mean, I think there's some of that in the NFL. I don't think there's as much of it in the NFL. Mm-hmm. You got to go now find your own house and and figure out how you're getting whatever done on your lawn, or you got to start living. Yeah. Right. You got to be a person. Yeah. But but I guess what's interesting to me is I don't feel like. Meeting like the Lloyds of the world. And he's a Utah guy, so it's maybe a little bit different than a Power Five. Uh, I mean, well, yeah, they are a Power Five school now, but it's a SEC little different than a Clemson or an LSU. Um, but George has all the amenities, and I don't feel like Trayvon Walker walked in and was like, "Man, this place is a dump compared to where I've been." Hey, you know, <laughs> I will say this though: uh, Jermaine Johnson, he saw what FSU did to those locker rooms, and then when he got up to New York, he said, "Wait a minute, now we share in locker room? What is this?" <laughs> So, no, I, I do hear what you're saying, though. Those college facilities are nice, but, yeah. But I don't think – my point here is I don't think these guys come I, – I thought about this the other day when I was talking to uh, Trayvon Walker and we're in the stadium and they're walking around. They're like, hey, this is really nice. And they, like, genuinely, like, this is cool and blah, blah, blah. Meanwhile, they had to get through construction and all this. And, and the other side of this is they're on cloud nine because they just got drafted, and, and now they're going to make millions of dollars. Yeah. And so my point is, hey, it's nice to have the amenities in the building. Like, whether it's cupping or needling or or cryotherapy or whatever it is. Like, the amenities that, that uh, Urban brought in and the Performance Center will have. So you don't have to go pay that, and it's convenient to do it right there. Mm-hmm. But I also think these guys are a lot of them now. Like, hey, I'm making money, and like, I don't really care that the facility isn't the shiniest thing in the NFL. But in college, when I picked a school, I wanted the shiniest thing in college football. Yeah, I think there's a different mentality once you make the league in that sense. That's what, I, for some reason, I thought about that this weekend when I was talking to those guys. And uh, the bottom line is, if you look up in a couple of years, the Jags will have some shiny new toys. And if, if you're a part of it for a long time, five, six, seven, eight years, you might have really shiny toys in terms of the stadium uh, as well. No, yeah. So, And then they'll look back on it, if Doug Peterson's still around, be like, yeah, remember when we were taking bus rides to Episcopal yeah. for practice? Yeah, it could turn into a laughing moment. <laughs> I I think it's funny, but that's a good call by you because just thinking about, like, my own self, like, when you're in the situation where you're picking where you're going to college, like, there's different things that are important to you then aren't important now. Like, things change for everybody, right? So you're picking a school because they have maybe the nicest stuff or, like, to put it in real-world wor- terms for me is, like, if you get a car, right? Do you get a car that looks good or runs well? You get the car that looks good. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? And you spray paint the wheels black like I did. You know what I'm saying? The rims. Had to get them black to match the black car. Now things change. You know what I mean? You 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 maybe get the car that runs better versus the car that looks nicer because it's going to be reliable for you. So that's how I kind of took what you were saying, but I agree with you that things change as you get older, no matter who you are, NFL or just regular person. Yeah, and I, I think I just tweeted it out, right? I said I basically I think college kids care about the materialistic stuff. And facilities and etc. And like, hey, cool. Like when I was in college, I was like, yeah, I'm gonna get like a sweatsuit at Ashland University. Right. Like that's awesome. Yeah. You know, like heck, you're coming from high school, you're gonna get free cleats, you're gonna get gloves and stuff, and you don't have to go buy them at Dick's or wherever else. Like, 
That's awesome. Yep. Like, those things, like, mattered. Yeah. And they, even the littlest thing that felt little, like, probably from a school standpoint or whatever, was like, it's free. That's awesome. Like, that's great. Free is um, good. I, I just feel like now, so, like, those those kind of things, how the locker rooms look, I think guys want the comforts of their locker room. They want a couple of things here or there. I'm not saying that's ex- all gone, extinguished from a player that goes to the NFL. I just feel like it's far less important. Um, and, and I think uh, – I think that's the level of professionalism, too. I, th- I think that stuff is, let's come in here, do our job, win, all this stuff. I was just talking about this actually recently with somebody. Even in college, do people care about a new stadium or do they want the amenities? Like, do they rather have a brand new shiny stadium or would they rather have a locker room and, like, a practice facility or, or a game room or something like that? Like, if you could have one or the other. Well, and this person was saying, well, they don't care about the stadium. Exactly. They'll play anywhere. They want the place that they, they're going to spend eight hours, ten hours a day in. That's exactly what I was going to say. Where do you spend the most time? You're going to spend time in the locker room, practice facility. You know, you're only on the field four hours once a week yeah. at best. And, I mean, you're not in the stands. You're not watching the scoreboard. You look at the score. You see what time it is. You're running for the next play. Yeah, like, I don't know how much the L.A. Rams guys really care. that this, It's like, hey, the stadium's really cool. Yeah. Well, would they care if it's a... $4 billion stadium or a billion-dollar stadium? I don't think so. Probably not because they're not using it the same way we are. We're looking to see what our fantasy football people are doing. <laughs> they're just, you know, trying to well, play. Well, maybe they are, too, looking up their fantasy football stats. Calvin Ridley didn't play there. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> we'll be back. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. We're live at Davoli's House of Cards here on a Wednesday. Come on out here until 6 o'clock, as always, on Wednesdays. <laughs> All right, welcome back, everybody. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. Brent Martin, Casey Kurtz, live at Tavoli's House of Cards. And uh, you think Yankee cards are going up? They're good, right? They are pretty good right now. Yeah. They I mean, are. Aaron Judge has always been good. Uh, nobody's buying Stanton, I can't imagine. Um, you know, it's early. It's May. It's just now May. So I ain't worried about the Yankees. I'm worried about the Rays a little bit. Uh, I'm not worried about the Red Sox because I didn't think they were going to be that good. You know who's definitely not? Trevor Story. Maybe he shouldn't have left Colorado. Not doing well. Not doing well. Some of us picked him to win the MVP. You know, sometimes that happens, by the way, with these big guys from New York to whether it's maybe it's in L.A. and Boston's one of those places. Yeah. And it's not good to get off to a bad start. No. You get off to a bad start in those places and they're like, uh, hello. Yeah. You know? So, I mean, I think they'll give him a little rope in Boston, but be nice if Trevor's story starts coming around yeah. and they figure that out. But uh, the Red Sox aren't that good, like so that doesn't surprise there me. There we go. What's Tampa's problem? They can't pitch. That's a problem. And they occasionally can't score runs. Uh, so usually, b- pretty much the two bigger things in baseball, they're not great at either. And you know, it's we're it, we're gonna see how it plays out. Will it come back to bite them? They didn't do more with the pitching in the off season, the starting pitching anyway. Um, time will tell, but. I, I don't I don't love where they're at to be honest with you. Uh, the Yankees are better. I think Boston's better. Toronto's definitely better. And I know it's a long season, but I just what I've seen so far, I'm not super excited about what the Rays are doing right now. Uh, the I mean, are the Yankees like just on a little run here, or do you think they are like 
really, 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 really good. I think they're on a run. I don't think they're. I don't think they're really, really, really good. Um, I think they caught some momentum with everything that happened with Cleveland and Miles Straw and that whole situation uh, with the fans. I, it just seemed like one of those events that can rally a team, and they rallied around it. They've been they were good before then, but they got really good after then. Glaber also got going, which is big for them because they need him to be huge. So, I, I think they're on a run. I don't think they're great. I think they're okay at best. I think their pitching is going to come back to haunt them at some point because Garrett Cole's been all over the place. Uh, they're going to have to. I think I think there's going to be a lot of teams in the AL East at the trade deadline, which I know is a long way away, that are going to need starting pitching. And who's going to go make that move? Toronto's in a good spot with uh, Jose Barrios and Alec Minot. So I think they're the team that's probably best off in the starting pitching race. But between Boston, Tampa, and New York, someone's going to have to go get somebody. <laughs> what? Did you see the Bumgarner stuff, right? Bumgarner, mm-hmm. by the way, if you're not, uh, this afternoon, yeah, he got, got ejected in the first inning mm-hmm. from Arizona. He's been with Arizona now. Yes. And a little like there's some video out there, like they're checking his hand for the sticky substance. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And the video, like, it's in super slow-mo, but it's very, like, peculiar, too. It's different, you know. That's, mean, uh, and the, the umpire's staring him down. You shouldn't be making eye contact when you're doing that to another man's hand, Brent. <laughs> it's a really weird scene. Uh, and and I'm not sure because this happened while we're on air, but I don't know if he got ejected for – if some, what sparked Bumgarner's anger? Yeah. The sticky substance – so, thing or words that were said after that. So after the super slow-mo of him massaging his hand, you'll there's Bumgarner goes to walk away, so I don't think they caught him with anything, but whatever the conversation was, Mad Bum came back for more, and they had to hold him back. It was pretty... Uh, whatever the conversation was, Mad Bum did not like. I'll tell you this. He may be older. That is still a very large man that I would not want to run up on the street. Bumgarner's a big dude, right? I don't want that problem. I don't want that smoke with Mass and Bumgarner. Yeah, he's uh, – where is he? I mean, is, he was so unhittable at it, but now I feel like he's a little bit forgotten. Yeah, I mean, he's just, just a, guy. a guy. now? Yeah, he's just a guy. I mean, you go to Arizona, and frankly, that's kind of where your career goes happens. to die at this yeah. point. Um, still getting paid a lot of money, but, you know, he's just a guy. It's an interesting kind of segue that you made, I think, on accident. Uh He's been really good this year. He's only thrown five innings in literally every start, but the ERA is very low. It's one or under one at this point. Um, is he a guy that the Yankees and the Bostons of the world who don't really care about the money, if he keeps pitching well going into the later season, is that a guy you go get? Because you've also got all that playoff experience with Bumgarner that you'd be getting as well. So that's a very – I understand it's May 4th, go Star Wars. Uh, that's a very interesting July 31st name to watch out for. Yeah, that's a long way away, obviously. Um, but if you're just catching up on the Major League Baseball, I mean, the Yankees are 18-6. and six. Uh, The Rays and Blue Jays are right there. Red Sox are eight games back. Orioles are 10. Uh, not going to probably have to worry about the Orioles at all, maybe not even the Red Sox. Twins have a four-game lead over the Guardians. They're the only team that's got a winning record in the Central. Huh. Uh, Who could have picked the Twins to win the Central? Uh, maybe both of us, I hope. Um, Angels playing pretty well. Astros right there at 13-11, uh, Mariners 500. And uh, the Rangers, uh, you're not telling me that you picked them because they're disappointingly bad. The Mets have been fantastic. Yeah. Uh, the Marlins, the Phillies uh, just kind of hanging around. The world champion Braves, 11-15. Yeah, but shout-out to the Marlins for being in second place in the division. It is pretty impressive for yeah. the Marlins, yeah. Uh, the Brewers lead uh, oh, the Cardinals by two and a half. The Reds have won three games all year. <laughs> the Reds are 3 Just the way 20. you said it. The yeah, I, I know. The Reds are 3-20. No, I know they're 3-20, but just the way that you kind of presented it, um, it's pretty bad. Yeah. 
Uh, the Dodgers Jags. and uh, Padres are right there in the mix, along with the Giants. I mean, yeah. and, and actually, the Rockies are right there, too. It's a pretty good division in the West again. Yeah, the NL West is so good. The NL West is so good. And the uh, Giants and uh, Dodgers start a series tonight for the first time this year. So uh, that'll be exciting, absolutely. But I don't even know if you know this, Carlos Rondon, who was kind of the Giants' big free agent signing. Yeah. He's like 4-0 with an 0-5 ERA. That's pretty good. He's been incredible. And it, he was one of the guys that signed way early on, I think. And I was like, why would you sign this early? Because he knew what he was doing. I guess so. Yeah. Uh, if I ask this question, we, we don't talk a lot about baseball, but Mets or Yankees, who was more impressive? I'd say the Mets because they spent the money, and as of now it's working out. The Yankees, it's kind of the same old story. And the Yankees are supposed to win. Keep that in mind. The Mets are supposed to win now, but... I think the moves that the Mets made coupled with they're playing well and D Jacob DeGrom is still not throwing a baseball for their team yet, I think that is impressive. And, yeah, I would go with the Mets there, and especially to get rid of a guy like Cano, who hasn't done much for you this year, but uh, Steve Cohn and the invest and ownership team over there, they're paying him like $40 million know, to go to away. Walk away. They're yeah. good at that. They're good at paying a lot of money for people to walk away. Shout out Bobby Bonilla. Uh, the, I would say the Mets are more impressive because – of really the DeGrom situation. That could derail you. They've won a bunch of different ways anyway. I think, like, the Yankees right now are just murdering people. Mm -hmm. um, but the – and I'm not sure how, where the Yankees are supposed to sit in that division. Like, you could pick First. Toronto. Nah, you can pick Toronto or the Rays. I mean – Where they're supposed to sit? Yeah, I mean, they're – They're the Yankees. Well, it doesn't matter. Just because they're the Yankees, they haven't been the Yankees. So, I mean, what, they finished fourth last year? I, no, I'm – how different are they? Uh, they're the same, but I just think with that team that you have, you're supposed to be the best team in baseball. Yeah, but I, I'm just saying there's a lot of friction there. Like, Toronto's very good. Oh, the Rays are always very good. I mean, the Red Sox should be better than they are right now, and so there's a lot of friction. I, I mean, just feel like the Mets, to do what they've done, what, the Grom factor's big. They, they didn't get crushed by the psyche of that. Yeah. Uh, the idea that maybe he can still come back, and they're more than treading water. I mean, they're actually really playing well. And they do have teams that can compete but especially the world champs in that division and right now they're they've they've got a stranglehold on so i'm really impressed the, the other part of the question is who's got more staying power because the yankees can be really streaky and like you can get stanton who's, who won't get a hit for a month or he's going to hit everything in sight for a month yeah do the mets have more staying power in the long run or is it the yankees I think it might be the Mets because I like the moves that they made, right? Like a guy like Starlin Marte, he's never going to go ice cold. He's he's a guy that hits for average. So when you're not necessarily relying on a guy like Gene Carlos Stanton to hit it out of the park 45 times a year and you build your roster a little more balanced, Jeff McNeil's another guy, they just don't go ice cold. Yeah. So I think that has better staying power. Yeah, I agree with that too. And I think that's been a problem over the years for the Yankees, you know, all or nothing lineup. Yeah. That's why I think LeMahieu has been like their best player Absolutely. and most dangerous player to me. And last year he wasn't great as yeah. he was the year before when he won the batting title. Sure. Look what happened. Um, you're right. Uh, the, By the way, uh, comment about the Yankees staying power, they say the, he thinks – this comment thinks the Yankees have more staying power because the American League's weak right now. Who's going to get them? Well, I mean, listen, but not Toronto, that division. Toronto and yeah. the Rays have the ability to do it. They're off to a sluggish start, maybe, mm -hmm. compared to what some thought. But they're only a couple games. The Yankees are off to a hot start. They're still only a few games back. Yeah. So and they, they go to Toronto this week. They'll start a series in Toronto. And for those wondering, Aaron Judge is there and vaccinated. He wasn't at the in spring training. We did know. So 
they figured that out. Cool moment, by the way, with the Toronto and Yankees kid fan uh, on social media. If you didn't catch that, we'll get the Judge home run. Yeah. Well, so that was kind of fun, too. Uh, it's hard not to like Aaron Judge, by the way. Even if he wears the pinstripes. Yeah, well, he Yankees won't for much longer. some of those guys over the years. A couple. Uh, that's another impressive thing about the Yankees, though. They had the judge stuff. That could have gone awry internally at the clubhouse. Yeah, that's true. I think it's all because Travis Chapman, first base coach. It's got to be. It's got to be all Travis Chapman. Uh, we're back. We're live at Tivoli's House of Cards. Back to football we go. Trayvon Walker. Interesting article today about the usage of him in at Georgia and in the NFL, and it probably would make you feel better about him being the number one overall pick. We'll talk about it on ESPN 690 when we get back.